Welcome to this Purdue Engineering Podcast, which is part of the College of Engineering's Rising to the Challenge series, featuring research that addresses critical issues related to societal resilience in the face of crises, and efforts to engineer long-term solutions for a more sustainable future. I am John Sutherland, the Faisenfeld Family Head of Environmental and Ecological Engineering. This is one of three episodes highlighting environmental and ecological engineering, known at Purdue as Triple E. Before I introduce our featured faculty researcher for this episode, I'd like to make a few comments about Triple E. Triple E is much younger than the other engineering departments at Purdue. Our first students graduated in 2013. Reflective of our youth, we have adopted a modern approach to environmental engineering research and education. Our approach emphasizes protecting the well being of humans and the environment through classical environmental engineering and sustainable systems and technologies. For existing environmental challenges, including legacy issues, we design physical, biological, chemical, and thermal processes to manage contaminated media. To avoid future challenges, we pursue sustainable win-win strategies to ensure that Earth's resources and ecosystem services will be available for generations to come. Our research and education programs have a strong emphasis on systems engineering because of the complex and interconnected character of ecological and anthropogenic systems. And we appear to be on the right track. Triple E is now one of the largest environmental engineering programs in the US with 200 students and 17 faculty. I'd now like to introduce Professor Hua Tsai. She's an assistant professor in Triple E and industrial engineering and one of the rising stars of Purdue engineering. Professor Tsai, please share with us your current research in the field of urban sustainability. Thank you, John. So urban sustainability is the idea that a city can support the needs of its residents in terms of um, mobility, water, energy, food, etc., in a sustainable way. By sustainable way, um, it means circular economy for materials, um, use renewable energy, and the sustainable use of water as well from a social, economic, and environmental perspective. So we need to satisfy the needs of the current generation without sacrificing the needs for the future generation. That's my understanding of urban sustainability. So what we can do about it? There are a lot of system interdependencies in these systems. And also human beings are a very important part in the urban system as well. So we need to understand how the different system components interact with each other and also how human beings um, interact with different systems so we can better meet the needs of the human beings in an efficient way without using all the resources. We have a lot of data and sensors nowadays because of the development of information and communication technologies. So these data can help us understand how human beings need different resources and how we can make the system more efficient and how the system components are interdependent on each other. My research used data-driven system analysis methods such as life cycle assessments, agent-based simulation models, and optimization models 
to study the environmental impacts of emerging technologies. One type of technology I focus on is the emerging transportation technologies and systems. I focus on the transportation system because the transportation sector consumes about um, 30% of the energy, and they are the number one greenhouse gas emission contributor uh, in the U.S. And about 90% of the energy used in the transportation sector come from petroleum fossil fuels. So the transportation sector needs to become more sustainable in terms of renewable energy use and also emission reduction. There are a lot of things that are currently uh, happening in the transportation sector. There are three revolutions that's happening in the transportation sector, electrification, shared mobility, and also the development of autonomous driving technologies. For example, for electrification, that's using electric cars. Electric cars will have the benefit of diversifying the energy sources of transportation sector because electricity can be generated through multiple sources, such as solar, wind, hydro, of course, traditional coal energy as well. So when we are developing electric vehicles, we need to think about not just the tailpipe emission. If we only look at the operation part of the car, um, electric cars has uh, no tailpipe emissions. But we also need to think about the system from the life cycle perspective, including the upstream car manufacturing, battery manufacturing, and also electricity generation. To really have a sustainable transportation system, we need to think about not just the adoption of electric vehicles, but also how the electric vehicles are used and charged. In order to have environmental benefits, they need to use electricity that's generated from cleaner sources. So we need to build the charging infrastructure that can help people to adopt and use electric vehicles in a cleaner way. If we build charging stations at the locations where people don't need charging at the moment, then we're wasting a lot of energy and resources in building those infrastructure at the location people can't use them because charging takes a couple hours, not just five minutes. We need to plan the charging at the end of the trip um, instead of just in the middle of a trip. Additionally, we also need to think about the electricity is generated with different sources at different times. If we design the charging infrastructure well, we can promote more use of renewable energies uh, to be charged into electric vehicles. So my research group built models to help inform the electric vehicle charging station design um, for the public charging infrastructure systems. So more miles can be powered by electricity that's generated by renewable sources. Another example is the shared mobility. Nowadays, we have a lot of bike share, um, shared e-scooters, and also car share systems. Let's take bike share as an example. Many cities are developing bike share as a sustainable transportation mode, but having a bike share system doesn't make it sustainable. We also need to think about how many bikes do we need? Because Manufacturing those bikes also require energy and resource as inputs. We also need to think about how are the bike share system operated? 
because the imbalance of supply and demand over time, people may need to ride the bikes from downtown um, to the suburban in area during certain time of the day, um, or uh, ride from the suburban area back to the downtown in different other uh, time of the day. The operator of the bike share systems need to rebalance the bikes so the bikes are where people need them. If the system isn't designed in an optimal way, automobiles will have to be used to rebalance the system, which will take away from the potential benefits such as emission and traffic reduction, which the bike share system aims to achieve. For example, we analyzed the bike share system in some cities, and we realized in some cities, the bikes are oversupplied. Maybe only 15% of the bikes in the city will be sufficient to serve all the demands. And also in some cities, the policymakers have realized the bike oversupply problem, so they implement a bike cap on how many bikes a city can have. But if this number is not generated with scientific knowledge to back up the, the decision, then the city may constrain the number of bikes it has, which will push the operator to rebalance the system much more than it should be, which will generate a lot of the vehicle miles and causing more emissions than it could reduce from having the bikes. A third example is autonomous driving. Autonomous vehicles are receiving increasing attentions because autonomous vehicles enable the separation between the driver and the use of the car, it will change significantly how we are using cars. So it will cause a situation that either a dystopia or a utopia scenario in terms of environmental impacts. In the dystopia scenario, right now we see a lot of the one-person cars running around on the streets. With autonomous driving, potentially we might see zero-person cars running on the trips. Uh, because people are no longer bonded into the car to drive the car to go somewhere, right? They, they may generate more trips. They may move away from the city because the commute is less a, an issue compared to driving the car yourself. That will change the land use of the city and cause more miles and emissions. On the other hand, in the utopia scenario, autonomous driving potentially can help promote electric vehicle adoption because the driver no longer needs to wait for the car to charge. Because autonomous vehicle will also enable the better communication between the vehicle and the grid, potentially it can encourage more renewable energy use for electric vehicles. It can also encourage um, more shared mobility as well, maybe in the future transportation scenario, uh, it will be electric shared autonomous vehicles uh, where people will just use the service of the car instead of owning the car. That will reduce the fleet of the vehicle a city has, uh, which will also reduce the amount of parking we need. So my research group is also building models to examine uh, the near term and long term of autonomous vehicles um, to help inform policy decision-making and also the development of such systems. As you can see, there are interdependencies in these systems as well. It's important to understand the system interdependencies and the 
environmental impact of these emerging systems at the early stage, because there's a lot of things we can do to improve the system, to change how we deploy the system, to inform how people should use the system. If we wait until too late, when the system is more developed, we could be locked in into this path dependency of the urban infrastructure, and then there's very little change we can make. So to improve urban sustainability, this type of prospective system analysis is very important. Professor Sai, what keeps you interested in this type of research? This type of research is interesting to me because we can reduce the environmental problems before it actually causes any major issues. A lot of the environmental problems, if we try to catch it when it has happened, we have to use much more resources to do it. So I used to be an environmental engineer, and I worked on remediation projects where a site was contaminated in a very short amount of time. But it might take 30, 50, or even 100 years at great cost to the society to really clean it up. That's why this type of prospective analysis is interesting to me because we're trying to catch the problem and prevent it from happening so we don't have to deal with the problem that will cause more problem later on. So we can solve it at the earlier stage, which will save the society money and also resources and reduce the impacts or the harm it will do. Professor Tsai, before we close, your work on urban sustainability requires lots of different expertise. So I'd like to hear a little bit more about your research team and how it might be different from other groups. My research and my research group is very interdisciplinary. And we have students from both environmental and ecological engineering and also industrial engineering because we needed to improve the system efficiency, which is industrial engineering. But we needed to have environmental lenses to look at the problem from the environmental um, sustainability perspective. So we have a really diversified student group that's working together, uh, which is very rewarding and exciting. Thank you, Professor Tsai, for your time and for sharing your research. Be sure to listen to the two other Purdue Engineering podcasts featuring Triple E faculty. Also, see the show notes on the podcast website for additional information about environmental and ecological engineering. Tune in next month for more from the College of Engineering.